Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Really, in order to find quality care, you often have to be on a wait list that's months long. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. The aggressive advocates who were looking to overrule Roe for so long, they really had no idea of the consequences they might be opening up. In this case, there very well may be charges that are appropriate. For example, trying to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress, right? That is unlawful. This is KCBS In-Depth. just a little over a week since fires began to spark in Maui and then turned into deadly blazes. Spurred on by strong winds from Hurricane Dora and weeks of dry conditions, a nightmare scenario has played out on the island, with entire neighborhoods in Lahaina reduced to ash and a death toll of over 100 people so far. But while the devastation is immense and difficult to wrap our heads around, There are also stories of strength and of community coming together that we are hearing from the island. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, broadcasting throughout the Bay Area and streaming on the Odyssey app. I'm Mary Hughes. All this past week on KCBS, we've been hearing reports from KCBS reporter Jennifer Hodges, who is in Maui. I spoke with her earlier this week to get a closer look at what is happening on the island. What have you been seeing so far since you arrived in Maui? Yeah, they reopened the main uh, bypass, the Lahaina bypass, which is one of the main roads that that goes into town. So I was able to see uh, the town of Lahaina itself, uh, the destruction, um, the devastation. I mean, just e- everything kind of from a ridge above and then ended up driving down uh, into the town itself. And and it was shocking. It was um, pretty much what I was expecting to see. I was a little, little surprised at a few different points because you'd see kind of like a, a random house pop up here and there in a, in a neighborhood that otherwise was just completely destroyed. So that was kind of surprising to see, you know, burned out cars lining the roads. It was really emotional. At one point, I I pulled over on this ridge uh, just right off the Lahaina Bypass and was kind of looking down onto the town itself. And just to give you some perspective, Mary, on the Lahaina Bypass, the burn area in terms of 
the damage is pretty much all to the left of the highway. Whereas if you look to the right, you know, you start going up into the mountain and there's homes and that on that side. But and I did see some burn areas, but that wasn't as much uh, to the right side of the of the bypass of the highway where where the damage is. It was more on the left. But I was up on this ridge looking down and a, and a gentleman walked up and, and you know, and it was just staring down. And I just turned to him and asked, you know, if he lived in town and he pointed to, you know, nothing that was standing there and said, yeah, that's my, that's my house right there. And uh, it turns out that his father had been born in the house uh, back in 1927. Uh, the house had been in his family for as long as he could remember. He was a Filipino or is Filipino and native Hawaiian and uh, all his family members are safe and managed to get out. But the house that's been in his family uh, for many, many years, more than he can remember, is is totally destroyed. So it was just, you know, stories like that that I kind of was was hearing through just throughout the day. So, you know, and in coming from California, you know, like you do, this isn't something that is unfamiliar to us uh, and what we've experienced here. Um, it, how, you know, and I even hate to use this term. How does that, you know, how is what you're seeing now, you know, compared to some of the more deadly wildfires that that have been faced here in California? How, how does it compare as far as like the damage done and and the people affected? You know, like you said, Mary, it's it's a tough one because it's not it's not like you want to compare in terms of devastation and stuff. But but I will say, you know, I, I, I live in Santa Cruz. I, I saw quite a bit of the devastation from the CZU fire. Um, I drove up north. I saw some of the damage, you know, in the, with the campfire. And like you said, it's not we're residents of California. It's not like wildfire is uh, anything new you know, to you and I, but I will say it did feel different because it, it felt, it felt more eerie um, because it was looking down on it. You could tell that it was a town that was once there. And I know the town I've been to Lahaina numerous times myself uh, with friends and as a tourist uh, and, and it just looked different because it was like, it's gone. Yeah, it's uh, it just, you know, w what we're seeing back here, the footage that we're seeing, and, and obviously what we've been hearing from you doing your reports, it's, it's something that, again, is familiar to the to those of us here. And yet, it's not like something like this can ever become, you know, normal somehow, because this is devastation, and this is loss. And I, I appreciate what you brought up your interaction with the the man who pointed out where his home used to be, because that got me thinking about, you know, we say a lot of times, oh, you know, you carry your memories with you. And but we do have so much tied to the places that we live, uh, to the people who lived there before us. And it's more more is being stripped away than just brick and mortar and four walls. You're going to get me upset, Mary. <laughs> you don't you don't want you you don't want me getting emotional on you. I've been doing that all day today, but you're you're touching for me on something that's like uh, it hits it hits home for me because I really really feel a strong sense of home and and what I consider my home and my place. 
I consider myself to be really home oriented. So when I'm talking to people and I talked to some people last night who lost their home and they had time to fill two cars full of belongings and, and, and get out. And while they're grateful that they got out and they had two cars full, full of their stuff, they were still telling me that after the fact, they were just thinking of home and, and what home uh, means to them and, and meant to them. And, and it's now gone. So I personally can't even begin to imagine what that would feel like, because I do feel like my sense of home is, is so strong. I mean, it's, it's just really upsetting to think that other people I'm sure feel that too, you know? Well, yeah, it's such a huge part of who we are as people and, um, and, you know, home means so many different things to so many people, but yeah, it, it, this is something that, you know, irrevocably has changed, uh, what the residents there are going through. But I, I know that moments like this do tend to bring out, uh, or can at the very least bring out the best in people. What have you seen and experienced, uh, since you've been there, uh, as far as like what people on the ground are doing to to help each other, it's funny that you that you say that, Mary, because I've talked to a few different people who have said, "Can you just make sure and let people know that it's not all bad news?" And it's funny to hear it's not funny, but it's funny to hear people who have lost everything telling you that saying to you, knowing you're a member of of the media and saying, "Hey, can you make sure and let people know?" that we're all Ohana here, which, you know, most people know in the Bay Area means family. You know, the, we're, we're Ohana. We, we make time for each other. We're, we're, we're going to be there for each other. And we're in this for the long haul. And, and I've heard that. I heard that throughout the entire day today. And I, I talked to several people who lost their homes. And I just was really uh, just inspired and moved by, by their I don't really want to say positivity, but just their sense of community, their sense of wanting to help other people, even though they've been left with nothing. So, I mean, obviously, Hawaiian culture and, and Ohana and Aloha uh, and what all of that means, um, it's the real deal. I mean, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's something that people people just say or spat off about. I think it's actually the real deal. People here really do feel that deep sense of community. And, and I have been seeing it. Uh, I drove through a donation site that there were just a line of cars, you know, a hundred deep waiting to get in to drive through this donation site where they were picking up all sorts of supplies and, and getting free gas and, uh, and pet supplies and all that kind of thing. And it was interesting because I was kind of looking around for, you know, like an official to talk with some, you know, someone from FEMA, for instance, and I, and I did find that person, but I just thought it was interesting that almost every person I was approaching uh, was a volunteer who lives in the community. I mean, these are like people out, you know, helping their own people. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, that, that's something hearing that uh, it, it definitely warms my heart and it, it does make me feel that this is a, a community of people who, are going to do their best to rebuild whatever that means for them. I've had a few people tell me that that they don't care what it takes. They're they're going to rebuild. 
They have no plans on, on leaving Lahaina. I had a few different people send me things on social media, and there was some rumors talking about how people were already approached by people making comments and off offering to buy land and that sort of thing. And I was thinking to myself, there, there's no way, you know, that's, that's really bad. But I did talk with the, the gentleman I was telling you about who's native Hawaiian and Filipino who I met up on the Ridge. He was telling me that, that he was approached by someone he didn't know that didn't remember the person's name who said, well, if you decide you want to sell, and just move on, you know, let me know. And, and he was saying that he was just horribly offended because he said there, there's no way possible that anyone is, is taking this land from me that was passed down by my parents from their parents. And I, I have every intention of rebuilding. So, I mean, I, I think that's, um, I think that's interesting to know. Well, and I, I actually feel like that's probably a good place to, to wrap up the conversation with, with the, the knowledge that they want to rebuild, that this isn't something that's going to drive them away and that that they are staying strong is what it sounds like. Definitely. And as you as I was driving that bypass, Mary, heading into Lahaina, uh, I saw Lahaina Strong had been spray painted on a few different things along that route. Some people had actually taken uh, paint on cardboard boxes, I saw on two uh, two different areas and, and propped up cardboard boxes between boulders that that read um, "We are Ohana," and then you know further down Lahaina Strong. So these are people that are that I believe are are committed to uh, rebuilding this town, whatever that might look like down the road. It's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. KCBS's own Jennifer Hodges. She is down there in uh, Maui doing lots of great reporting for us uh, about the wildfires and how people are coming together. Jennifer, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks so much for having me, Mary. Now we turn to Dr. Mia Livaday professor of public health at Cal State East Bay. Dr. Livaday grew up in Hawaii and is working from the Bay Area to organize help for the residents of Maui and is also thinking about the island's future. Dr. Livaday, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. How has this moment been for you, seeing everything that is happening uh, back in your home area? Um, you know, I, I personally, I'm still processing a lot. It's still, you know, there's still friends who I haven't spoken with. Um, you know, we've maybe texted and there's so much uncertainty still. There's still fires popping up around the island, especially upcountry. And it's just, it's been really, a really heavy week. I know one element of of what you are doing right now is you've been working to organize assistance from here in the Bay Area. Uh, can you tell me more of what you've been doing here uh, for those who are being affected? Sure. So right now, everything is very reactionary. Um, the main thing is I'm working with local companies and brands to send uh, high high need items and raise 
funds for people to distribute to local communities. Um, I'm working with uh, several groups who are very much grassroots and community-led to be putting money and clothes and food and healthcare directly into the hands of people who need it immediately. How has the, the response been as far as getting that type of assistance and having people you know, respond to this call for help? I think it's been pretty receptive. It's hard to know, um, you know, some different organizations move a lot faster. Uh, we're really prioritizing the needs of families. The group Baby to Baby has been amazing. Uh, several, uh, you know, breast pump companies and diaper companies have been really quick and formula companies have been very quick to send supplies when needed. And I think it's, you know, everyone wants to pour in right now. I think we're trying to set up long-term funding and support for the families who are going to need it over the next couple of years as we rebuild Lahaina. The point you were making of like, you know, right now things are in a very um, reactionary stage and but looking towards long-term assistance and what that will take and what that will mean, you know, and obviously funds are a huge part of that and the ability to to give people what they need in order to to rebuild their lives. But there's always more to that, isn't there? It, it's it's more than just the, the physical things. There's so much that goes into helping people restart and rebuild. What are you thinking about when it when it comes to those bigger tasks that lay ahead? Uh, you know, I think one thing that has really blown me away and is not surprising, you know, knowing Maui and knowing what community looks like in Hawaii, but it is that the most sustainable work and the most, you know, organized and fastest work that's pouring into the community is all community led. The reaction from the community has been so strong from local residents in Maui and residents across the islands. Everyone has been so incredibly supportive, pouring into uh, families and people in need beyond their means in some cases. Everyone on Maui is either sending things or hosting families. Um, and long term, I think the challenges are going to be how do we find sustainable housing for these communities? How do we prioritize rebuilding homes for local families and the Native Hawaiian population in Lahaina? And how do we make sure that they can still be in the place that they their ancestors have called home for so long? Do you already have your own, you know, thoughts or perspective on what it will take and what will need to be done in order to to reach that future point where there is sustainable housing, you know, where things, you know, can be livable? That's a really good question. You know, I, I can't predict what, you know, exactly what the future needs are going to be. But what does need to happen for the long-term rebuilding of Lahaina is that it is community-led and the center is focused on the people of Lahaina. A lot of the frustration uh, most recently has been with developers and real estate agents uh, seeking land in Lahaina already while we're still searching for uh, the souls lost in Lahaina. And it's so upsetting because 
Lahaina has such deep historical roots uh, with the native Hawaiian people. Lahaina is so much more than a tourist town. It is so much more uh, than a place that people go to vacation. Lahaina is the original capital of Hawaii. It is where Kamehameha had his palace. There are native Hawaiians who can track their ancestry to Lahaina dating back to the 1800s. And so as we think about rebuilding and what the future of Lahaina looks like, it's really important that we make sure that the people whose mana, whose power, and whose community and family are from this place are have the strongest voices in leading what that looks like. I think the ways that we get there are still very unknown, but the one thing that is I, I know will be important is to make sure that those voices have a very big seat at whatever table is making the decisions to move forward. What you're saying there um, about people showing up in Lahaina wanting to to purchase land uh, from those who live there is something that our own reporter has heard in her time uh, covering the wildfires in Maui. It does get me thinking about the the double-edged sword aspect of tourism in Hawaii, because obviously there, there's the good financial side to having a place that's synonymous with being a, a tourist destination. But in a time of a disaster like this, you know, I feel like that element can be seen as maybe more negative than not. With everything that Maui is going through right now and with all that will need to be done to to rebuild and to look towards the future, is there a way for tourism and the sense of community that we are seeing so much of during this situation for those two elements to exist going forward? I think absolutely. But again, the center has to be on the people of Lahaina, right? The, it can't be focusing on how do we rebuild this town as a tourist town. The focus is how do we rebuild this so that our community can thrive here again, so that they can keep their historical roots and keep the power that is tied to this land with their families. Hawaii is, you know, we we talk about how reliant it is on tourism, but there are, are lots of other pathways that Hawaii does not need to have such strong ties to tourism and to have a strong economy. There are ways that we can host tourists and be sustainable in our tourism without uh, stressing our resources so extremely. There are ways that we can bring jobs that have a more livable wage to these areas uh, that are highly you know, filled with low wage or middle wage jobs uh, tied to tourism. And so I think that the opportunity you know, that comes with rebuilding Lahaina is also being very intentional about what this means and the way we want to welcome tourists to the island. It's such an intense time, I know, for for so many people. What would you like to to say that is, you know, most important for those of us who who aren't dealing with this directly and, you know, want to help or want to better understand what's the best way for the rest of us to to step up and be there for the Lahaina community? That's such a, a great question. Um, you know, the images and the stories that are coming out of Lahaina are 
so heartbreaking. They're truly just absolutely gut-wrenching, you know, knowing that there were families, just complete families that we've lost. Uh, to know that there were a portion of the souls that we've lost, our children, are is just beyond, beyond heartbreaking. And I think it's important that we allow ourselves to sit with the loss of, of what's happened and to put money and intention into the rebuilding of Lahaina and prioritize this community. I keep coming back to the community because it is really what makes Lahaina the place that it is. Um, and it's important that they continue to have a home there. I think that we want to have tourism. The island is, the west side of the island is closed to visitors, but it's important that we still support the rest of the island uh, and the islands, you know, the south side of the island or the Oahu and other parts of the island with our money and our travel. And to make sure that we are just here for these people and to make sure their stories are not forgotten and to understand that rebuilding is going to take a lot of time and to support all of those efforts. And then I think the other thing that I, I want to highlight here is that it's important that we recognize that there are existing disparities in this, uh, in this you know, tragic event. 20% of Lahaina residents are immigrants. And so it's really, you know, we're concerned about, you know, all the documentation they lost, of course, but also that we find ways to support people uh, who have who have different needs than us. You know, the a disproportionate of the victims of the fire are likely to be, you know, our elderly, our disabled people, people who did not have access to uh cars or information about how fast the fire was spreading. And so I think this is also a moment that's going to highlight just how big some of these inequities in resources are in Hawaii. And hopefully it pushes people to build stronger systems and stronger support networks for communities in moments of disaster response and also long-term what how we can support these people to have better access to the needs that they that they have a lot of a lot of work to be done but it sounds like it sounds like the the community of Lahaina and and the rest of Hawaii and and hopefully with support from around you know the world as well there there's a future there yeah i i think you know processing and, you know, grieving looks like a lot of different things. But I, I do have a lot of faith and confidence in the community response and that Lahaina will be rebuilt uh, by the people who are from there and that we will make sure that the families that, you know, have the land there will be able to go back to those homes and rebuild those homes uh, and have a place, always have a place in Hawaii. That is my hope as well. I just want to thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with me on on all of this of course thank you
you can find this episode and past episodes of In-Depth online at kcbsradio.com. Just check the podcast tab and look for KCBS In-Depth. You can also hear the episodes on the Odyssey app. Download the app on your smartphone and favorite KCBS radio. Thanks for listening for KCBS and In-Depth. I'm Mary Hughes. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.